1: Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever the hell we managed to come off topic with. I think I haven't done this in a while, so that's, uh, that's our <laughs> intro again. Uh, that my name Chris, and uh, we're back to uh, podcasting. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm drinking some. What wine. are we drinking? Okay. We're drinking some mead. I am currently drinking uh, shram's Mead Valentine. We just got this in yesterday, and it is a blackcurrant and red raspberry mead. Uh, I am joined good. by. So my favorite people to hang out with, we got, um, we'll, we'll start with the with, in order. Um, keen, how's it going? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he was looking
2: right at Larry when he said Keen, just for everyone who can't see.
1: <laughs> how's it going, Keen? It's
3: going well. Um, I've had a couple glasses of box wine, black box, um, not my favorite. If anybody follows me on instagram i do box wine reviews and boda box is definitely still top of list but uh trying to get through this box right now so just having a couple glasses gave some to my friends uh larry gave it like 7.9 7.9 but i think i gave it like 7.4 but you know that's that's how it goes these days but now i'm drinking mead
1: nicole how's it going
2: yo i'm nicole um i have also had some box wine but i do not review it unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> I am also drinking mead. Actually, I drank mead because my glass is gone. But it was very tasty.
1: And uh, and our special guest. Is-
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Larry, how you doing? I
2: guess I'm here.
0: Larry, uh, I'm not, thanks for the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, though, um, no, I'm, I'm doing well, everybody. I also had mead. I also mead. I also had wine. Um, I am a little bit intoxicated, which is why I am slurring my words already. And I am here with my buddy Chris. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Am I gonna drive the car? No, <laughs> you're not gonna drive, Maria.
3: Guys, I have like seven couches. I'm gonna sleep here. Yes. I don't wanna
0: sleep here either. I've got oh, a cat. If you... Okay, your cat Leo needs me. needs me. No. Okay,
1: continue, Chris.
3: Anyway.
1: <laughs> and uh, this week we actually have a special guest for our Beers Miles the Elite File series. Uh, we have Jason. Jason ran for Tippecanoe High School, uh, where he was third at the two thousand eight State Division Two State Championships in Ohio, leading his team to a second place finish. Uh, he also ran really well in college. Uh, he was one of the first in about at least I think it was fifteen years, I think maybe even twenty years that um, that to schedule to get a top ten finish at the MAC Championships. He's got six at the MAC Championships in, um, and then he also took third at all Ohio. Uh, he run. He's run a fifteen or fourteen forty two five k and an eight k at twenty four fifty seven. He's run an official marathon at two thirty one forty eight, and he has a crazy story about a new PR he just set up last month. So super excited to have you on. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks,
4: guys. I'm excited to be on. I've been watching since not since day one, but I have watched all of your episodes. I've gone back and um and watched them all. So you guys do an excellent job, and I'm excited to be on.
0: I am incredibly sorry that you had to listen to all that.
4: Uh. We are excited to have
2: you. I promise the RuneScape will be at a minimum on this. Well, I,
0: actually, I, I did want to uh, before we, we get started oh, with, the, right. with the podcast say there is something important that I, I wanted to say. There, there is a, a crisis happening um, in the United States right now. It has the the you know um, absolute ability to to tear apart the very foundations of our society and and. Um, you know, not only in Columbus, but also, um, in the, the rest of the United States. And that is, uh, the fact that I am back to playing RuneScape. Um, it's, it started this week and, uh, I'm already getting some new, some new levels. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is totally being cut. <laughs> I just love the sigh that came from Chris there. I'm
2: about to finish this. That was good. I think we need to be a little bit more drunk for yes, that yes,
0: absolutely <laughs> before we have these conversations. I'm gonna open up my next
2: series.
3: I love I just our love our
0: the sigh that came. That was so worth it. That was I set this up too, so prior to the podcast I told everybody, I was like, There's something really important that I gotta say. For the podcast, and like but you also a, told us that you had like a Runescape joke. Song. No, it wasn't. No, I, I never said it was a Runescape joke because Nicole said you had one. Though. You no, I didn't. A good plug for Runescape. And Nicole, did Nicole did just say that. said she kept being like, "We're not going to talk about Runescape." And I was like, "Why? Why would I ever do that, Nicole?" And uh, here I am. So yes, I have returned. Um, I took a, a couple of months break, and we're back to it. I, I got a couple of fletching levels yesterday, and now I'm working on magic. So we're gonna get to the. um, We're, we're gonna get there. Raise I'll your see.
2: hand if you care.
0: It's, you know. it's hard to care on a podcast. No 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no, no, That's
0: all I no, no, no,
3: Chris is pouring our beer right now, and he just totally skipped Larry as, like, a second round.
1: Yeah, you
0: should skip Larry as a second yes. round, because I, I deep poured the last one. So, mead. yeah,
1: so Larry has a bad habit of just hard-pouring even mead, so, like...
2: He poured double what the rest of us had in the mead glass, so,
1: just... So, Shroud's mead is, like, typically at least $30 a bottle, so this one's, like, 38 and it's, like, a 12-ounce bottle, really skinny bottle, and I'll show you... Show you, Jason. It's a pretty tiny bottle. And he proceeds to hard pour it right away. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's (laughs) like, you told me to pour small. No, I I did tell you to pour small. That is not pouring small. Anyways, we have opened up a second beer because uh, Larry Vardy pissed me off within the first couple (laughs) minutes of this podcast. Uh, We are drinking Jackie O's Approbation. Jackie O's Approbation is a collaboration product between Side Project Brewing out of St. Louis and Jackie O's out of Athens, Ohio. Uh, It is probably the last time they're going to ever make this beer uh because the head brewer uh brad has actually started his own project up in uh in california so it's the last time they're making this beer but it's fantastic it's 14 percent abv and it's a broom stout. Jason, jason
2: i wish we could give some of this to you in your propel bottle
4: you know what i might have to just like do the google hangout on my phone and then drive to wherever you guys are at and just
2: I mean, you probably should. <laughs> oh my god, I
3: forgot project? about Propel. You got a Propel bottle?
4: Yeah, that's what I was drinking before. Yeah. Oh wow. Actually, yeah. oh, the bottles day, have day, changed. Day, I gotta get round two real quick.
1: Cool. <laughs> so, as far as as far as like, let's get some updates on just our running. How's the running been for you guys this week? Um, I haven't. I haven't been running recently. Uh, I had I did a workout last Wednesday, and then I've had some injuries. Or issues from my stemming from the injury that I had at the end of March. So uh, I have piriformis muscle, I think that's what it's called, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm having an issue with that. So currently rehabbing, I am out for a little bit. I am not going to even try running until I have uh, that all figured out. At the current moment, I am sidelined. So uh, we'll get that figured out. I'm going to Fit for Life two times a week to get that figured out and doing stretches, and then yeah, we're good to go from there. Fit for life or fit for a few days?
0: For a life.
2: For life, Larry. A
0: few days a week. But no, running has been going very well. Um I coming coming off of an injury, I I uh, um am now back to it. We actually had a down week. Uh last week we went down from thirty-seven to thirty miles, I think is is about right. And uh, nothing too too crazy, but this week we're we're back up to thirty-seven again. That is a fat robin. Um sorry, there's a bird outside the, the window, it's pretty big. But no, he goes th-
3: after those peaches. I
0: swear to <laughs> <I was going laughs> the uh, only the country. But no, 30, thirty-seven miles is what we're at this week. And actually, yesterday I had um, the first time in, in quite a long time that I was able to do um, a tempo run or a um, shit. What's what's the other word for tempo run, Chris? I can't remember at the moment. No, it's just tempo, tempo run. run. We weren't doing no, threshold. Uh, there was we weren't threshold. doing we threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well <laughs> either way, uh, I got to do a tempo run. Dropped it down to seven minutes a mile for two point eight six miles because it was a twenty-minute tempo, and it felt Incredibly satisfying and, and, and very good, and I'm, I'm super excited about what that means for our progress and what that means for the future. So um, things are going well this week. Oh, cool.
2: Well, I ran a massive time trial PR um, a couple weeks back. I don't think we've been on the podcast. Has we that haven't. Happened?
1: We haven't said what you've done.
2: Uh, yeah. So I ran a massive PR um, in paces that I never thought that would be possible for me. Um, I always was scared of the sixes. I ran a five K in the fives. So, um, super pumped about that. Um, but then I got, I got grace with two recovery weeks after, which were incredible. Um, I was a little bit sore after that five K. I think I pushed a little bit harder than maybe I should have. Um, but if it were a race, I would have done the same. So no regrets there, but I had two recovery weeks at about 40 to 45 miles per week. This week is the first week that I've really gotten to get back into it with workouts. I had, um, 10 by 90 seconds at threshold pace, um, which was like 620, 623. Um, I started at half marathon and pulled down to threshold. Um, it felt hard because it was like 80 degrees. I went at like 1030. It was still really humid. Um, and I honestly thought that I ran slower than I did because I I pulled back after rep two. And I was like, this is not going to go well if I hold like 620s. So I pulled up pulled back to 640. It turns out for only two reps and finished out at like like 610. So pretty proud of myself for that one, but probably a little bit overrun.
1: And Keen, we've had a pretty crazy, crazy weekend.
3: Oh, oh, you gotta face the camera towards me. (laughs) So last week was my peak week for grandma's marathon. Um, I did 56 miles total. Um, I had some easy miles. Then I had a workout that wasn't too taxing. I forget what I did. Um, then more recovery miles. And then on Saturday I had a big workout, 20 miles. So I did four, three, two, one, four miles at marathon pace. So I had like seven twenties, three miles at marathon pace. I started cutting down. I was in like the seven seventeens and then two miles at half marathon pace. I did like a seven and then a six fifty-five. And then my last mile was a 6.30. So that was insane. Okay,
2: that sounded way too humble. Her last (laughs) mile was a fucking 6.30 at the end of 20 miles. Yeah, which is incredible. I remember,
3: like, I forget if I said it to Nicole or Chris during the run, but I was like, I've never finished a 20-miler fast. Like, I finished it either, like, on pace or, like, slower. um, So I was a little bit terrified for that. And I was not really sure what I was going to be able to pull off. And I just... I kept looking at my watch because I was kind of in disbelief and I just hear, Chris, stop looking at your watch. Just run. Pump
2: um, your arms. Get away from your watch. Yeah. <laughs> I did.
3: Yeah, it was, it was, and these guys biked next to me and it was like the most fun I think I've had in like, uh, th- two or three
0: months at this point
1: yeah. and it's <laughs> um, just terrified watching as larry falls on his bike oh,
0: larry twice, twice. three twice. Twice. No, no it was, it was twice. twice it was twice the first time was because oh, of my the- own negligence and the second time was because of mud
2: you went down right in front of me and almost took me out with you
1: maybe, <laughs> which is why i fell down in front of you and not behind me. so I- i'm biking right next to keen and trying to like pace right there and then you have and you know thing. like
3: give words of encouragement yeah. like breathe like you got you look amazing like you're doing great you're I it on pace
1: and then and then just in the background you just hear a crash and Larry goes down. and then you He's probably
2: like, heard me go what the fuck and I kept yelling
0: keep going keep going like don't worry about me
2: I forget which time it was but I was like
3: turned around yeah. and I was like guys
0: Larry just went down <laughs> Look, I do want you to know though, that watching your form at high paces is, is kind of like what inspired me to run at the pace that I did yesterday. Or was that yesterday? Yeah, it was That's yesterday. amazing. So like watching your form actually helped me to figure out my form for my faster runs because I know that when Chris and I last did my time trial for my 8K, my strides were a lot longer than what they should be. I feel like that kind of contributed to my downfall towards the end of that run. So like watching the fact that like your form didn't necessarily change for your faster paces you just, you know, ran a little bit faster, I guess, is the is the easiest way to say that, actually helped me to get faster for my run yesterday. So. Oh, you've
1: never actually seen any of us work? No, there. I've never watched any of you oh. run that
0: fast. So it was interesting to actually observe you as, like, the paces got faster and how it, fluid it was. It, it was genuinely one of the most incredible things that I've seen from a runner. Yeah. So, like, you know, seeing that and, and attributing that to, to – your success with that twenty miler I mean, it's just one of those things. Where, like, I was like, "Oh, if she could do it, I could probably do it." So, like, and not, you did it. Not that I'm saying, like, you know, the twenty, <laughs> like the twenty mile thing. We're far away from. It. I'm nowhere near that fit. Like, I'm fit, but like, I don't know that I could do that. I think
1: we'll end up doing that. Like, oh yeah. I guess once I get stopped being injured again, mm-hmm. uh, like have you just? I, I need a photography boy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, have you Have you just watch watch a workout? Yeah. And watch as I develop different pacing. It's just, uh, I think
0: that's Speaking out well. of photography, by the way, I do just want to throw it out there that it was kind of like watching, you know, your parents be very proud of, of your older sibling. <laughs> as Ke- Chris showed up with the camera, he's like, "Let's take pictures of Keen the whole time while she was running." <laughs> Whereas during our eight k time trial, or yeah, you can he AK was yelling trial, at you. Chris took zero pictures. Too
2: busy yelling. I was
0: running with you. Don't fuck yourself.
2: I want to hear about Jason's week
4: of
0: yeah. running. I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, let's oh let's hear Jason. Jason, how's how's your
4: well, first of all, I just want to say, great week for all you guys. Chris, I think you're being really smart and um, tr- trying to take care of that injury right now during this down period, um, but let's, let's see, five weeks ago I ran that marathon, so I took a couple of week off, and I've just been kind of easing back into the training, so this is what I consider my first real week. I consider, like for me personally, once I get to about 60 miles a week, that's when my serious training starts. Um, I haven't done any workouts until this week. I'm, I'm planning on doing about a four-month speed phase. So I did 16 200s on the track on Tuesday, and then I'll probably do the exact same thing tomorrow morning. Um, so sixty miles this week, two speed workouts, and a long run. Nice, cool,
1: Cool. damn. So That's- let's let's uh, let's dig into it a little bit um, and get into the story for you. Um, so as I said, you've had a pretty pretty successful career uh coming into this uh so let's touch on that uh you ran pretty well and like uh, let's talk about how how you got into running in general
4: so i got into running i found success with running and gym class every year in elementary school and middle school they have you do the one mile time trial in gym and i had a lot of success with that um i enjoyed i'm not gonna lie i enjoyed trying to see how many people i could lap and i, I asked my gym teacher what's the fastest time you've seen and it, and I, I will admit that um, both my parents ran cross-country and track in college, so I have, I have good genes. I'm very fortunate in that regard. Um, but I've always been competitive in all sports my entire life. When, when I was really young, my, uh, my dad's best friend, he nicknamed me SportsCenter because I was always watching sports Center. I knew all <laughs> of the sports trivia. So I grew up playing competitive travel basketball and baseball, and um, I stopped growing in seventh grade so I'm five foot seven and a half five foot eight with shoes on um, and that's how tall I was in seventh grade so I was good enough to make the high school teams in basketball and baseball but I wasn't good enough to start so I probably just ride the bench all year and so I decided to channel my competitiveness and my athleticism into just running and um, had a lot of success with it early on.
2: I have a couple of follow-up questions for you based on that First and foremost, if you ever are in a sport where you have to do, like, walkout music or, like, you ever get into a competition where you have to do walkout music, will you please, just for the sake of this podcast, use the Sports Center song? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: exactly.
2: Jason. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Um, and second, so you said your parents were runners. Do you think that influenced your choice to get into running or were they kind of, like, you know, do whatever you want? sports wise?
4: So my dad played high school basketball and my mom um, has been a phys ed and health teacher her entire career. And As, as I already said, they uh, both ran cross country track, but they never pushed me into running, but they've always pushed me into staying healthy and being active. So both parents, they would coach me. My mom would coach me in soccer. My dad would coach me in baseball and basketball. And um, so they, they never, it wasn't like they were having me, me do like 10 mile runs at the age of five or anything crazy <laughs> like that. It just I naturally found out that my best talents were in running and they fully supported my decision to
3: focus um, specifically on that once I entered high school. That's awesome. Do you guys ever run together now? Like, do they still run marathons or half marathons or anything?
4: So uh, my dad, actually they both still want to run. Um, my dad is always injured and he does not like running with me because he says the last time that we ran together, uh, I ran too fast and he was trying to keep up and uh, he ended up pulling his calf muscle. Um, <laughs> I tried to do some father-son bonding by, you know, I have no problem slowing down the pace and just catching up and talking and then just using that as just an easy run, and catch up with my old man. Uh, but he's like, all right, uh, how about you go run ahead for 10 minutes and then come back to me and then we can run together for another two minutes. But uh, no, my mom, my mom lives on a great property that is a, uh, she has a, essentially she has a um, quarter mile to track around a pond that she owns. So she'll go out and she'll run three, four or five miles around this pond um, every other day. So they're both still living a very active lifestyle. Nice. Yeah.
0: Jason, do you feel like um, growing up, having good jeans is is good for you as opposed to having good sweats or good shorts?
1: I do. Why (laughs) are (laughs) you?
0: Cut it. Cut it.
4: No, go go ahead. Continue. Um, I I just recently got into American Eagle skinny jeans, so uh, I've never had good style of jeans until this year. I say good style because I think it looks good, but uh, (laughs) my wife says that my skinny jeans uh, are too feminine, so... You oh. she
2: doesn't like your skinny jeans you know what
0: it's the skinny jeans in your heart and not the skinny jeans on your body that, that count
2: you need uh, to calm down i There's
0: hate all of this right <laughs> i think we should just trash the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just mad because i'm making funny jokes all right no. jason
1: introduce
2: yourself so- again <laughs> <laughs> all <right>. start over
1: <laughs> so um were your were your parents like because i mean they ran in college but they, were they like really really competitive as far as like like as uh, like as far as just for everything outside of just running, like not even just like not even competitive in the sense of like, we're, like, they're, they're good at it. More like, are they competitive outside of running in, in general? Are they competitive people?
4: My mom, I would say they're both competitive. My dad more so than my mom. My mom wants to go out there and have fun and socialize and, but she is still competitive in her own right. Um, but my dad is competitive. I remember when I was really young, um, Playing ping pong with my dad in the basement. Like I'm competitive when it comes to everything. I'm competitive with running, video game, frisbee, golf, fantasy football, Texas Hold'em poker. Like no matter what it is, I want to have a good time and enjoy like being around people. But I want to beat people. Like I don't I don't want to put anybody down, but I want to beat you. If, if we're playing checkers, if we're playing settlers, guitar, I want to win. Um, but I can remember specifically playing my dad in ping pong, and I, I'm good and he's good, and he would not let me win. He would always, it would always be like 19 to 20, but he was kind of like, let me stay in the game, hang around the game. But he would never let me get that 21st point to actually win. And I, I got so mad every time that I lost that I would smack my uh, paddle against and bang it against the table. And sometimes I would make these divots in the table. I would throw my paddle against the <laughs> wall. I would drop kick it. I would yell. And it, my punishment was, all right, we're not going to play ping pong for a week. <laughs> and
1: so, um, it's like, and I, don't, I don't care if you're six.
4: I think I've got the extremely competitive gene. They're just normal competitive. I'm just ultra, ultra competitive.
1: And that trans- did that translate a lot into into just team running in high school, too? Yes, definitely. Um, I, w- I want to tell a quick story
4: right now just because I think it's funny. I- and I texted you this earlier. I was uh, six years old when I was on this travel uh, t-ball team. And we were you know, the best of our cities playing the best of another city, and um, our team was getting our asses just handed to us. It was like twenty to one. They were about to enforce the run rule, and I'm playing pitcher, and I am so distraught. I'm so emotional. I'm so embarrassed. I put my glove over my face, and I and I keep it there. And obviously, I put myself in a precarious situation because I'm the closest uh, fielder to the batter besides the catcher. And so the umpire calls time because he's like, I don't want this kid to get hurt. My dad says, what's wrong? I take the glove off my face. And I say, we suck. <laughs> and then I put the glove back on my face. I continue crying. My dad had to go out to the pitcher's mound, drag me back to the dugout. Finish me the rest of the game. Finish me the, the game. And, that's, and, and that carried over into, into junior high. That carried over into high school. Um, did you guys ever go on, or are you familiar with JJHuddle.com? Maybe you, Chris?
1: No, I was I was a California guy. I think I've heard of okay. it.
4: So real quick what JJ Huddle is. Okay, so you had you guys all know what Let's Run is. It's this online running community. Well, JJ Huddle was this online running community but specifically for Ohio. So you could go to jjhuddle.com, you could click the cross country and track link and then you could talk Ohio cross country and track. And so I would uh, I would go on there, I would follow all the threads, I would post things and um, as I got as I got more competitive with running and as our team got better for cross-country and track, they started making predictions. Oh, Tip City, which is where I went to high school. How's Tip City going to do at the state meet? Uh, how's Jason Salier going to do at the regional, at the conference level, at the state meet? And um, I loved or I really embraced having, quote, unquote, haters. Like, <laughs> like, I loved it when people like predicted our team to do worse than what our team's expectations were, And uh, people very quickly caught on to the fact of what my username was. So my username was give it all you got. And they quickly associated because I always talked about um, our team. They quickly found out that, hey, give it all you Got" is Jason. So people (laughs) would start like trashing me, like just trolling, really not just kind of in a jest. But I loved it. I I ate it up. That fueled me, that motivated me. I kind of relate it to like the motivation of. Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. So Tom Brady, like he was drafted in the sixth round and hated that people doubted him. He hated that he was overlooked. And, you know, I'm not comparing like Tom Brady's like on a whole nother level. I'm not comparing myself to Tom Brady. Wait, are you an Ohio State fan? My competitive drive to Tom Brady. And he is fueled by haters. And that's just kind of a saying I say. I like to say fuck the haters.
2: (laughs) But are you an Ohio State fan?
4: Ohio State fan? Yes. My wife went to Ohio State. Um, I didn't go to Ohio State. I'm not... I, I root for them, but I'm not a diehard. Where did you go to college? Uh, Bowling Green State University, close to Toledo.
2: Okay, yeah. I, I grew up in Toledo, so I'm totally familiar. And obviously we all know about Chris and his Tiffin days. So. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So going into that, I mean, uh, you came out a pretty successful high school career. Uh, did you plan on uh, let's talk about just going into college. Uh, did you plan on going to uh, – what were your choices at that point? Because you've taken, you've taken third at the state meet. Uh, you took 13th the year before, I believe, as a junior. Um, pretty successful team at Tip City. Uh, did you plan on going uh, – well, you look – Whoa. Did uh, <laughs> uh,
2: you plan on going poof?
1: Uh what were your options, and were you planning going D one? Were you planning on going, and and then even your choice to pick the sport you ended up choosing too? Yeah,
4: so I ended up finishing third at the Division two state meet. Um, my time that day would have won the Division three meet, and for Division one, I, I would have placed in the top five. So, um, I guess if you lump all the divisions together, I was a top seven recruit for Ohio, specifically for cross country. And I was definitely um, looking to run at the Division One level, and running has always been a huge part of my identity. I was looking at, I looked at Malone, even though they're not Division One, uh, they're a powerhouse distance running program. I looked at the University of Dayton. Um, I looked at Wright State University just because it was local. Um, going to the university, it, my, my, it, it essentially. Became a choice between Bowling Green State University and the University of Dayton. If I had made a decision solely off of running, I should have gone to the University of Dayton. I probably, I I definitely would have had better running teammates just because they have more scholarships there, and I probably would have run slightly faster times. Um, But I ended up going to Bowling Green State University because it was a financially good choice. They were gonna offer me a good scholarship, I had some academic scholarships. And as my buddies will always give me a hard time about, uh, my girlfriend at the time also decided to go there. So I can't deny that that was not one of the factors, but it was not the only factor. It was two ways, two hours away from, um, my home. So I felt like I was far enough away where I was on my own, but close enough where I can easily come back.
1: And, and, and just to give some, uh, some, some kind of ideas for that, uh, it doesn't. They don't have a track team, do they?
4: That's correct. They have a uh, varsity cross country team. Um, so we they compete in the Mid American Conference, the MAC. Um, but they don't <laughs> have a sponsored uh, varsity track team. So, it's, uh, but we we still ran track. We were still able to run and compete in up to five meets uh, per year, and still run at Division One um, invitationals and such. But we, for example, could not compete at the MAC. Track and field championships, we could not compete at the regional championships, and so forth. So it was a very limited and short track season. The the focus and emphasis was definitely on cross-country.
0: Yeah, I I laugh at the fact that you say MAC because uh, in college football, uh, we have something called Maction, which is like uh, when, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking (laughs) about, obviously. But um, during, I think it's usually like October, November, December, well, maybe parts of December, um, when the MAC teams all play each other, and it's usually Tuesday nights in the late afternoon. So, did you guys have any any action in uh in in track or at all, or like any kind of running action, or is it mostly just just college football?
2: What's happening? I don't oh. know action. No, I know action, but like is that traction?
0: Yeah, traction. <laughs> it's still MAC. It's still the the Mid Atlantic Conference. It's just Mac- Mid Atlantic Conference in terms of running. Oh, jeez.
3: Okay, I'm taking a nap.
4: <laughs> we we took pride so. Just for some perspective, uh, there were nine cross country teams in the MAC uh, when I ran. I think there's probably still nine. Yeah. But we only had one and a half scholarships, where most teams had three, four, up to five scholarships for cross country. Okay. Um, so we took pride in having a good time, still running uh, competitively, and uh, our goal every year was to be the best looking team in the MAC. And were you? But, we, got, we actually got dead last every single year that I was there. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Return to the Mac. In true Mac
0: fashion,
4: <laughs> actually. <laughs> I, I met the best people there that are still my best friends to this day, and we had a hell of a time, so many memories. Uh, so I'm glad that I ended up choosing to go to BG um, over
1: Dayton, over Malone, over Wright State. So. That, yeah, yeah, that's, that's such a, a different route. Because like we've had people, I think from all three divisions at this point, point. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, have we have an NA person? I don't think so. But, and we have club, I think. I, I don't know. Uh, well, we've had we've had people of all divisions here, uh, but we never had a situation where it was like you don't have track. Yeah. Like typically, if you're a cross country guy, you're gonna have both sports, and and to see that, like. Um, Let's let's dig into that. Uh, how, was, how was the motivation of just, like, you're done with cross-country. Uh, you're done competing for, like, conference and and shooting for, like, a top 10 or top five of a conference or you try to make the national meet. And then you go into track, and it's like, well, we don't have a, quote-unquote, real program compared to our, everybody else in our conference. How was that? How was the – was that, like, extended off-season? Was it a – Did you take it into the full track season? Yeah. How did you, you, how
2: did you, how did you do workouts? Like, did you continue to train like you were doing a track season?
4: So we still had, we still held practices. We still did workouts. Um, but I will admit it, it was very difficult to be just as motivated for track season as it was for cross country season. Uh, I tried my best to stay equally motivated for both seasons. Um, but even when I was in the best shape in college, um, I would have had, I would have had the ability to maybe place top three in the MAC and the five k, or top five, top three in the ten k. So not having that opportunity, it it definitely kills your motivation to some extent. But at the same time, you still have your own personal goals. Like, you know, it was a big deal trying to break fifteen in the five k, and I was
1: able to do that. So those types of goals kept kept me motivated. Interesting. Do you feel like you've taken that? that experience of having those, I guess, prolonged off season, that's something that's been better for you as a runner now?
4: Um, I would say no, I think it would have been better for me had I just continued to train, um, year in year out. And I, we can maybe get into this a little later on the podcast, but since I graduated college in 2013, the next five or six years, um, I did not run at all in the winter. Like I would take December. Like when I say I didn't run, I'm not talking about just taking it easy with my training. I'm saying I did not run. (laughs) I was a cow potato. I did not run in December. I did not run in January. I did not run in February. And and that was a bad cycle that I kind of got into after college for about five consecutive years. Um, I didn't. it, It was difficult not being able to run with the team and have that accountability. I was trying to focus more on my career. Um, running the winter sucks in general. So I would just take the winter off and then I would get back into it once the snow cleared and I would get in decent shape, but I would never get in great shape. I always got into good shape, but not great shape. And then by the time I was in good shape, it'd be winter again. And then I'd be, I would go back in hibernation mode. So um, I wish I had more consistency, but th- there's some reasons Besides laziness, why that happened, I, as I mentioned, um, focusing on my career was, was one of them, but we can get into that later. Did you, I,
3: go ahead. I was going to say, I actually had a friend who uh, I lived in Cleveland with, uh, he raced at Miami university, but he was the same way. Like he would not run through the winter. And I felt like he, you know, would finally get like into a rhythm and then it would be winter again. And he did not run. And I think it's just that he always talked about kind of burnout. Like, You know, I worked so hard for, like, four years, and just, you know, running for fun is not really a thing for me. Like, I run to be competitive, and so that was, like, also an interesting take on it as well.
4: Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I'm sure the the individual you just spoke of is similar to me, and that's probably been running competitively since seventh grade, so... yeah. um, and if you're really competitive, like it sounds like he is, you always have high levels of expectations that you put on yourself and that others may put on yourself. And sometimes it's not fun year after year trying to meet these
1: high expectations. Yeah. And, and as far as the, you, you finish out, you finish out as your senior year, you a pretty successful, um, pretty successful senior season. Um, let's dig into that a little bit. Um, what was the goal coming into that season, and how did you feel about the season as a whole? Yeah, so my
4: first three years of college—freshman, sophomore, junior year—had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, freshman year, I gained the freshman fifteen, got fat, ran ran really crap. <laughs> uh, sophomore year, shed the weight, got into a, you know a good running weight. All uh, big signs of improvement. I actually did not run a 5K PR my freshman year of college, and I wasn't injured. I was just fat. Um, Sophomore year, got down to 1506 in the 5K, mid to high 25s, 8K. Junior year, we had a coaching change, saw a lot more consistency in cross country. But then I got injured my junior year of track, and that injury kind of lingered on into my fourth year of college. So I ended up actually redshirting my fourth year of college. So, but then I, re- I um, after the red shirt, I responded really well. I actually won the All Ohio Open Meet, um, my red shirt year. That's still very competitive, even in the open meet. Um, and then I ended up running a five k PR my fourth year. am running 14:42. Uh, so heading into my fifth and final year of eligibility, it was hard for me to have specific goals because I had kind of been. Out of the competitive running scene for a while, I had a registered cross country. And as I already stated, we don't have a true track season. So it's like I missed a whole year of competition. Um, I had high goals for myself, but I was also scared because I had like a, because I had an injury riddled last two or three years, I was afraid of putting in monster mileage. I was thinking to myself, well, this is it. If I get injured, it's over. So I came to this compromise. Um, I would run low mileage. And when I say low mileage, compared to people that were running my times, I was running the lowest of lows in regards to mileage. I was only running 60 miles a week off six days. And other guys that were running sub-15, I imagine they were running 80, 90, 100 miles. But I ran monster workouts. I almost And I'm not saying this is the way to go. I'm just saying what I did that year. Um, I ran monster workouts. I did a lot of focus on injury prevention drills. I did hardcore all-out strides, and I didn't really think that I needed monster mileage, especially for an eight k. Um, I wish I w- I, I probably would have run faster if I would have run eighty miles a week, but I just didn't because I was scared. Because if I got injured, that was it. Um, so I, as far as a specific goal, uh, Chris, you mentioned this in the intro. Nobody from Bowling Green had been first team All-Mac in close to two decades. Uh, We had a really rich history in crop country in the 70s with Sid Sink, former American record holder in steeplechase, and obviously Dave Waddle winning the 800-meters gold uh, at the 1972 Olympics. But when I came to BG, we had one-and-a-half scholarships, and by the time I left BG, we had zero. So we were not a very competitive division one program, but I've wanted to have that individual success and place top seven at the Mac cross country.
1: And, and I definitely I resonate with that, that kind of compromise because it is, I mean, there's always that question of like, if I would run one more tomorrow mileage, what would happen? But it's, I mean, that's the, that's like the line that you run on, uh, no pun intended that you run on when you're training. <laughs> Cause it's, uh, it, it's, if you go too much, you're done. If you don't do enough, it's, it's, I mean, it's what Zach said in one of the other podcasts. Like, I'd rather have you do less and get there than doing over, do it too much and then burn out or get hurt. So it's a, it's an interesting perspective to see how different people take it, especially in when it comes to the NCAA and having one season left and you have to, it's one shot or done. You're not going to get another shot. The you're not going to get another shot in your senior year. So, yeah, and I think a lot of it is. It's interesting with what how I coach these guys here too, because like, with like, uh, with like Larry, like he has he has a completely different training program than Keen does. Keen only gets one uh, six day week a month, if that. So like, and even then, it's like a really short run. So yeah,
5: yeah.
1: um, and it like it, it's 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 cool to see just how different training programs are for everybody. Now. I think- I think
3: speaking off that, it's, like, training works so differently for everybody. Like, for me, I was running six days a week, and I was always hurting. And so I decided to tone it back. I felt like if I do eight or 11 miles versus two four-mile runs or whatever, like, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's a mental thing for me, but everybody is so different. Like, you have to figure out what works for you, and you can't just, like, say, oh, so-and-so is running six or seven days a week. I should do that. Like, you have to really test out what works for you and that's why all of our training plans are so different and chris is like super adoptable to that which i think is
2: great i'm yeah. the only one here not coached by chris and even i can say that i know a lot of people i i'm coached by her name is heather mccurdy she coaches a lot of athletes her last
3: name is mccurdy her last name is mccurdy, McCurdy. is she like married to like mr mccurdy yes
2: who started mccurdy <laughs> yep Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, she's the McCurdy wife. They, <laughs> she actually met, fun, fun story, she actually met James McCurdy, the head of McCurdy Trained, um, because James coached her. And then they started, you know, having chats, and they would chat every week about her runs, and then it turned out to be like, let's meet for coffee and talk about my runs. And then it turned into, you know, they'd be there for like six hours and just chatting <laughs> about nothing. And they got married a couple years ago in Connecticut and it's very awesome and I'm very happy for them but yeah she has a lot of athletes and no two athletes are coached the same and she'll be the first one to tell you that like my sweet spot is like I run like 70 60 to 70 miles a week um if I go over that I start to burn out or get injured if I go under that I feel like I'm not doing enough so you know and that's not going to be the same for anybody else sitting in this room like some people thrive on 100 mile weeks like I i Break after eighty. So
1: yeah, and and with that, did you feel like when you were in college, Jason? Um, did you feel like, or even I, I don't even know how you were. You was your coach open to you having that kind of experimentation, or were you more? You did you have more control for your own training?
4: I'll be uh, frank with you here. Um, I had to lie to my coach. I had to tell my coach I was running more miles than I actually was. Um, so we did our training logs on running to win and um essentially every so i would only i would do 60 miles on six days a week all singles obviously you're not gonna do any doubles with Mm -hmm. 60 but uh i i had to do a fictitious sunday log just so my coach wouldn't uh, harp on me about it wow Uh, but again it goes back to me just being scared that um now, this is it. If I get injured, that's it. There's no coming back. There's no sixth year of eligibility. Um, yeah. Yeah. and I was very confident. I was running so well with my workouts. I was doing well in races. I'm like, if, if I'm running well, why take a chance? And, so and I, I did run more than 60 miles in the, um, base building phase. I did 80, 90 miles, um, probably, you know, in the summer before the cross country season. Yeah. But when I was running 80, 90 miles, I wasn't doing any workouts. Um, So that's so it would not be accurate to say that I ran 60 miles the entire year.
2: What did your fake training logs look like? Like, what did you tell your coach (laughs) that you were running? I'm just curious.
4: Honestly, I did not put too much effort into it. I'm sure you saw through it because I would have very detailed, even guys give me a hard time about my Strava I'm new I'm relatively new to Strava and I, I have very detailed paragraph length uh, <laughs> Strava narratives I'm not one of those social media guys that post every run on Facebook but um I do have a tendency to be long-winded as you guys can probably understand now taking me five minutes to answer every question but um, <laughs> usually I'm, like, 10 miles felt easy that's it yeah
0: yeah <laughs> That's interesting because it, it kind of sounds like Chris's logs back from when he was in college. Where really, would, you know, every run would be like, "This felt great. This felt easy," you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. So um,
1: it's changed a lot. Yeah, I'm pulling those logs from from like Tumblr and seeing the logs that I was doing in college and seeing my deep dive into every little thing and just going into detail, I'm like, wow, I had a lot to talk about.
2: <laughs> it's kind of crazy, like looking back at where you were and like what you were running. Like you kind of took some creative liberty with your miles, Jason, but it 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 still kind of sounds like you came into knowing your body and what you could handle like while you were still in college, which is awesome. Like a lot of us don't a lot of us don't get that. A lot of us take a billion years to be like, wow, I'm running myself into the ground. It takes like thirty injuries for us to be like, I should probably change something. So good for you.
1: I think that's the tough thing about about just college college running that like you have two different sides that you can have you can have that person that gets really lucky and just runs like doesn't get hurt and yeah. they're pushing the boundary of what they can do and then you got guys that get hurt for almost their entirety of their running career and then at a certain point like it's very different like the NCAA system is very different where it's like like you said you're not gonna get a sixth year I mean I yeah I technically, got, I quote
5: unquote, technically
1: got a quote-unquote technically got a six year on my end but like even then they get to your last season and it's like, you got a decision to make. Like, yeah. you you either get through it healthy or you don't get through it at all.
2: You run yourself into the damn ground.
1: And yeah. you don't get to travel. You don't right. get. To, you don't even get to go to the meet. And that's huh. the rough thing. It's like, don't even get to run at nationals or get, run at regionals or run any of that conference meet. And it's like, make your decision. Do yeah. you want to get greedy with your miles? Do you want to um, just, or do you want to make it?
2: It's kind of funny to me, though, that, you know, you learn your body, you learn what works for you. And you're like, I don't want to be injured again. And 60 miles works for me. And you have to lie to your coach about it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like, crazy to me. I mean, I was never a collegiate runner officially. So I have no experience with that. But like, like we've had some other collegiate runners on and they've been like, you know, we're running like 90 100 miles. Like, I think it's awesome that you were in tune with yourself so much, even during college. Because, yeah, like what Chris is saying, a lot of runners are just like, I'm going to run myself into the ground so I can get some kind of good semblance of time, you know?
1: Or you even get it. Yeah. Good. I was just going to say, I think of of all people, Chris, you could
4: probably relate to this the most. Um, I told you guys I redshirted my senior year of cross, or sorry, my fourth year of cross. And I, I could not get to the root of the problem. Like my lower back hip area was um, injured, but I couldn't figure out why. I, I had cortisone injections. I tried all of these different uh, strengthening exercises. Uh, I tried to alter my stride. Uh, people said that I had a long stride length, so I, I tried to shorten my stride length. If you go on my Strava, my cadence is just horrible. Um, but I've somehow improved it a little bit over the years. So I just, I couldn't figure out specific, no, no doctor, no physical therapist could tell me specifically what my injury was. And so I did every exercise there was in the book. I got better. And I think the, the low mileage, high intensity, um, training philosophy worked for me then. Now, now since college, I've transitioned into higher mileage and it's my goal, this cycle, this specific cycle, um, to try to climb to 90 to a hundred miles.
1: Cool. And so, college career ends, um, do you plan on running post-college at all?
4: So, right after I graduated, I got a, so my, my degree was in education. I got a teaching position at my alma mater, um, at Tip City. So, I took that job, and I became, I became part of the coaching staff for cross-country. I was also a basketball coach. Um, And so I thought, well, if I'm part of, um, the cross country staff, I might as well keep running at a high level. Um, and if I have the summers off, I might as well, you know, instead of just sitting at home, I might as well continue to train at a high level. But, um, prior to that, actually, I ran a really good final cross country season, finishing sixth at Mac, but I opted not to compete my final track season. And again, it goes back to that low motivation. Um, I probably would have racetracked that final year, that fifth and final year, if I had an opportunity to compete the Mac championships. But without that opportunity, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna have fun and be drunk every night. So that's what I did my, uh, <laughs> final semester. Before uh, uh, oh, And so it goes back to that hibernation mode. I didn't run. I stopped running, I got fat, I gained another fifteen pounds. And then I had some buddies say, Hey, you wanna qualify to the Boston Marathon? I'm like, sure. So I go from couch potato hybridation mode and I had two months of training. I think I peaked at fifty miles. I didn't do a single workout.
1: And then I ran
4: the Toledo Glass City Marathon with some friends with the only goal yeah, it's, like it's a it's a great event. But the only goal of qualifying to Boston. I wasn't gonna try to run much faster and I frankly I wasn't capable of running much faster. Wait, what year was this? So I think this would have been twenty fourteen maybe.
2: That was my first BQ too. <laughs> we were there at the same time, both BQ. Yay! <laughs>
1: Sorry. That's awesome.
4: So I think at the time I needed to run like under three hours and five minutes. But as you guys know, you gotta run a little faster than that. So I was like, all right, I'll just try to run under three hours. And I ended up running at two fifty four. Had a couple other buddies run 302, so They got that BQ as well. Nice. And. Uh, yeah so and that kind of motivated me that so then right after that race i signed up registered for boston i was coaching cross country and and that kind of got me back into it a little bit
0: before we do get away uh fully from the mac jason how familiar are you with all the the mascots within the mac oh my god
4: <laughs> i don't i don't think i'm great at it okay. um Terrible, probably. Okay, well, I I was going to
0: ask you if you had the chance to fistfight any of the Mac mascots. Oh, my
4: God.
5: If there are
0: any that you feel like you could actually beat. And, like, I know that, like, you know... (laughs) <laughs> I know that bowling green has the eagle. And so like Did you easy, beat an eagle? It's easy to beat up an eagle, right? Because like you just gotta punch it once and like it is. It, you know what I mean? But like there is the spaceman in Toledo, I feel that he would beat the shit out of anybody, right? Wouldn't he? So like I mean,
2: is an probably probably like, involved with NASA. We
0: saw that the Bobcat tried to beat up Brutus Buckeye back in like 2012 or 13 or something. That's one of the greatest. It Batman is one of the greatest. <laughs> so like I don't know. He lost technically because he got arrested. But like, are there any mascots that you feel like he could beat up, Jason? And and, uh, and if so, if you know, let us know.
4: You know, uh, that's a, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, <laughs> love it, love it. So I've I've always been the type of guy to be kind of like the party starter. Yeah, I'm you know, kind of loud. You guys, I have a loud tone of voice. I have a very animated talking style. Um, I used to, you know, I used to be a teacher, so probably good that I did. I have I for for fun in college. I decided to have a boxing competition with. Again, I'm five foot eight. Have a boxing competition with a guy that's like six three. <laughs> wow! Oh my god. Like, like 30, 40 pounds, and uh, I got a couple of good shots in, but he beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and more recently, um, I was at a Super Bowl party in February, and. Um, one of my training, one of my running training partners, Grong Badu, uh, Prior to being competitive runner, he was uh, top five in state for wrestling, and he went. He had a, uh, a wrestling scholarship at, for college, and he's he's five. Uh, I'm five foot eight. He's probably five foot six, five foot seven. I'd probably have ten pounds on him, uh, but he obviously has the experience of wrestling, and I wrestled him at this party, and I, I think it took him maybe. A minute and a half to pin me, but I, I gave him a good show. So it sounds so like you could probably.
1: So, what, so okay, we talked.
4: People one but I would fight them.
1: Yeah. so are we talking about let's see let's, see, let's throw on some of the mascots so Purdue Pete yeah. no Purdue Pete you could take Purdue Pete no, that's big
2: 10 I know that's but big, you could still take that's it that's inc- no Purdue
0: Pete has soulless eyes <laughs> Purdue Pete is the reason oh my God. for a lot of, like that that mascot, no, that mascot calm down that mascot calm down Purdue Pete is seriously like
1: one, <laughs> one of the worst mascots <laughs> I think we need fight.
0: to have a meditation <laughs> minute on the beers <laughs> of miles Larry, Larry
1: actually has nightmares of Purdue Pete Purdue Pete
0: is seriously one the worst mascots to fist fight, and I don't know why you would choose that mascot, because he would kick your fucking ass within, like, seconds.
2: I could kick his <laughs> ass. Come on, Pete. <laughs> like, Purdue Pete, if no, you're listening, come on. No, God, about, no he's gonna, like, show up my house. No. <laughs> i What
0: stop. about the Akron zip?
3: The Akron, the Akron zip No, sure. again,
0: that's a kangaroo. That kangaroo would kick you. Have you guys not seen the movie with the what? kangaroo?
3: You know, like, in Australia, they, like, so, like, how we hit deer, they hit kangaroos, yeah. and the, they're... Feet will go through the windshield yeah. and just kick the fucking shit don't out of Don't kick your ass.
0: What's the movie with the kangaroo with the with the song that he's like, you know, what I mean? Joey, the kangaroo, where he like beats the shit out of people? It's like an animated kangaroo from like 2005. You don't know talk about Jason?
1: I know <laughs> I what you're talking about. I keep, about, keep thinking I of no Streets
0: of Rage where you can actually pick the kangaroo yeah. as a character. Yeah. Oh, okay,
3: Google, what is the movie? Okay, Google. No, not right what now. What is the movie with the kangaroo in it?
0: Kangaroo Jack. That is it. Right Here in. is some information from the web that might possibly help. Stop. Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
4: all right. You got it. Kangaroo okay, okay Google.
5: Theatrically re- Stop.
4: Okay, Google, shut up. Okay.
0: <laughs> anyway, the so up, there, there are three mascots that I would never put myself in a room with. Number one, Purdue fucking Pete. Alright? <laughs> Purdue Pete is a is a goddamn soulless monster. <laughs> Number two, the Wisconsin Badger. Um,
2: Honey Badgers give no, no shit, so regular Badgers, badgers, probably badgers though. are probably Regular Badgers
0: are absolutely monsters <laughs> and number three
3: chris is like actually
0: Akron zips like zippy <laughs> zippy would kill you oh, what about
2: the rocket what about the ut rocket man
0: <laughs> also the stanford trees if we're adding a fourth mascot that doesn't even have arms but it would kill you okay but
3: how many how many rockets successfully launched
0: into space then we was- just
3: had a rocket like three
0: days, no
3: right? was it nasa, it like was
0: NASA? theory <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm so sorry Jason We got very far off topic but like, <laughs> no, that's I long. just want you guys to know That if there were ever like a party And Purdue fucking Pete was invited I wouldn't be there
2: <laughs> What about the Stanford Like what if you walk into somebody's house And you see they have a nice row Of freaking like pine trees yeah. And you're like wow what nice trees And they all turn out to be Stanford trees Nicole have, then you, what? have
0: you ever played NCAA 14 yes! okay. So do you remember mascot mode no, I okay. never played mascot. Well, mascot anymore. only mode, you can play as like an entire team of mascots. If you choose to stand for trees and they have the football, they don't have arms. So the football just kind of like floats next to you. That's, That's fucking like, <laughs> insanity right there. They can just like what, telepathically hold the football?
3: Like, how is that even real? That's not even fair. No, it's not fair. Ma- they're just playing <laughs> with a bunch
0: of you trees. Bumble? How do you fumble be- with the right. j- Mascots you could beat up though. Let's throw that out there right now. Number one, Rutgers. The knight. Fuck that dude. All but right. also, Brutus
2: Buckeye. I, I feel like I could take he the Buckeye. He is a seed. <laughs> what about the BGSU Falcon? Okay, Do you feel on. like you could take on the Falcon? <laughs> you feel like you could kick his ass in a fist fight? I love how far off
4: topic we've gotten. Hey, um, the Falcons are the fastest bird out there, so you probably wouldn't catch them. That is But true. you could.
2: You could. Unless you ran that 345 Boston, you could probably still catch the Falcon. That, that sub-15 5K, you got him.
0: I don't, I don't know, know man. <gasps> their airspeed is pretty clear. Oh, God. about that 345 Boston.
2: Yeah, that segues into that. So how did that, how did that happen? Like, let's just talk about, like, how you trained for that and how you got there. What happened?
1: So tell us about your training going into that uh, fateful Boston year.
4: Okay, so I told you guys that I ran the Toledo Glass City just to qualify. That was after not running track my final year of college. Qualified with the 254, had a couple buddies that ran 302, signed up for the Boston Marathon, got the hotel, got the plane ticket. So I'm financially committed to running the race. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I uh, coach. So I teach at my alma mater. Uh, I coach cross country. We actually won a state title my first year as a coach. That was the first state title in our school's history. And I was in good running shape. And then, but you know, to be honest, I, I switched careers recently in the last three years or so. I was a terrible teacher. I was awful. Um, there's some reasons for that. They, uh, you, you think your, your typical teacher maybe has two subjects, they might have six classes three classes of, say, algebra, three classes of geometry. Well, they gave me four subjects to teach. So, I had like double the amount of material that I had to prepare for. And I was just in over my head. And I made the bad decision of trying to be the cool teacher the first year. Not a good idea. Um, so, I decided after the fall season, I really needed to focus on being a better teacher and not do such a lousy job. So, I did not run in the winter. Like, people are thinking, oh, what'd you do? What, 30 miles a week? No, I did zero miles a week. I did maybe 30 miles the entirety of the winter. Uh, just for like run runs here and there. So I gained another 15 pounds. That's the thing. I, I get out of shape. I gain 15 pounds. I get back in shape. I lose the 15 pounds. So I'm 15 pounds overweight. I'm already financially committed to running the Boston marathon. And the two buddies that also qualified also got in. So we're just doing it as this big trip. And then there's a fourth buddy of mine, one of my high school teammates, Jason Bruns. I ha- actually had four other teammates from high school that ran in college um, he was going to do it. And of the four of us, he was in the best shape. Jason Bruns was, and he was probably primed to go mid two thirties, but I'm just doing it just for fun. Just, just kind of just feel the atmosphere. It's the Boston marathon. It's, you know, you can't beat the Boston marathon. And so the race goes off. Luckily for me, I have a buddy who is just, he is out of shape, just like me. He has not done a lick of training, and he's in the same exact predicament where he's trying to focus on his career, but he's financially committed. Um, The day before the race, I don't know why they did this, but they put me in charge of um, maintaining all of our pasta dinner tickets. And I somehow, in the subway, I somehow managed to drop the tickets, and so we did not get to eat our pasta dinner. So we ended up eating like uh, chicken nuggets and like tater tots. And uh, just garbage, garbage meal. so we did, we did not have the ideal we were eating mozzarella sticks it was just god awful food and um, the guy Jason Bruns who was in mid 230 shape ran a really shitty race that day and to this day he is so angry at me and he blames me for um, his poor for his poor race he said it wasn't fun being in a hotel with me because I wasn't in like, a serious competitive mode and I screwed up his pre-race meal Anyway, to the race, um, I have one buddy that's, an, that's out of shape just like me, so we decide that we're going to run it together. Well, 10 miles into the race, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Nobody expects me to do anything spectacular this race. We're At this point, we're running like uh, 7.10, 7.15 pace. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to prove everybody wrong. This goes back to my competitive spirit. I'm going to prove every single person wrong and qualify to Boston again by running a sub-three-hour marathon off of zero training. I got enough – Negative split, half-ten. I I thought I could, man. I thought I could. (laughs) uh, from mile-ten to mile-thirteen, and if you've run Boston, you know mile-thirteen – Oh, because no. when the Wellesley girls are cheering their heads off, I went from 7.20 pace down to 6 flat pace. And I Ooh. left my buddy. <laughs> Oof. I, was, I was on top of the world, man. I was on top of the world. I was
3: going to maybe catch my two other buddies. The <laughs> I mean, and I was I a girl in Wesley
4: last, yeah, last year.
3: Did you? Yeah. This is well, a strange I mean, time to
0: admit that, game. Let's continue. <laughs> it's on
3: my Facebook and Instagram.
0: Let's continue, Jason. Well, I
1: wish I would have done that.
3: <laughs> Next year
1: so, okay. yeah,
3: so, Sorry, Wesley gets me all hot and bothered over yeah, here okay. <laughs> First year I actually stepped up to the plate last year And just gave her a big smooch That's cute nice.
1: That's uh, So we get through Wellesley now at this point And uh, like all, all of, us, of us, we get a little too excited coming through And uh, our pace is a lot faster than we want it to be So you yeah, get out, out of Wellesley, where are you at? Out.
4: People talk about hitting that wall at 18,
1: 20, 22 miles. I ran into a triple thick brick wall at mile sixteen. Yikes! You know? Yikes. I, Wait, was it, it after that, I, that? Was it after that wall. steep downhill? That like quick little downhill that you get? Oh, that's 15? right after
3: halfway. Yeah. Yes, I, I believe that's where. It was oh, was. At oh, right fifteen, that, yeah.
1: that fifteen, you have that quick downhill and it just like zaps your legs out.
3: Yeah, and then you got to go uphill at sixteen.
1: When when
0: is Heartbreak Hill?
2: 20? 20. 20 about that. <laughs> it's oh, actually not the worst hill. I, I That's the hill I will die One on, am going would okay? call
0: that the Purdue Pete of
1: Hills. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so, at what point did you realize, oh, no, the rails are, like, the, the wheels are coming off? Okay, so it, it, was an, it was not a gradual
4: brick wall. It was a very sudden brick wall.
1: And I, I had to walk
4: at mile 16, so... I was so embarrassed that I took off from, I like I sprinted ahead of my other friend and we had agreed that we would run a majority of the race together. I was so embarrassed that he was going to pass me that I ducked into a portage john <laughs> <laughs> for about three to five minutes. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just like, just like the baseball story. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? You know, there I were like people out
3: there waiting to go to the bathroom too. Yeah. So,
4: like. <laughs> But actually, my goal was my goal was to stay in the Porter John long enough for my buddy to pass me, just so he would never know that he passed me. Like I didn't <laughs> want him to actually physically pass me in the race; it would be too demoralizing. So I get out, I get safe, and then I start like jogging up that hill around mile sixteen, and I look up ahead of me about hundred meters. I I see I see my friend. His name's Perry Fralick. and I'm like, thank God. And so I catch up to him. Around mile seventeen, and I had to like tell him what happened. And then from mile seventeen to mile twenty-six, it literally got to the point where we would see like a stop sign, like hundred meters ahead, and we'd be like, "All right, let's run to the stop sign, and then we'll jog for a minute." Or, sorry, well, let's run to the stop sign, and then we'll walk for a minute. Yeah, oh you know, Boston is lined with spectators screaming. At you, and they're like, "You've been training your whole life for this. Trust your training. Trust your training." Like, <laughs> oh. Did not
5: train. <laughs> Did not train. And, you, and they put you in these corrals, and I'm, I'm getting
4: passed by people that are starting the corral behind me, two corrals be, behind me. I'm getting passed by soccer moms wearing fanny packs with 20 gels, with you know, <laughs> water vests. And at the very end, I see the finish line. The crowd's roaring. I'm ready to kick it in. Even though it's been such a shitty day, I'm ready to kick it in. And this guy pulls up right beside me with hundred meters to go. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to outkick this guy. I don't care. I'm just going to outkick him because I'm competitive. And then I realized not only had the guy started 15 minutes or, or more, he was blind. Oh. He was going to kick my ass. I thought to myself, this guy over here is having a hell of a day, but I'm about to be, passed and beat by a blind guy and i'm not gonna try i'm not gonna try to outkick him. like there's no point in me trying to outkick him. i'm just just gonna hobby jog my way into the finish and uh that's what i did and that and i ran 345 so the moral of the story is no matter how successful you were with running previously uh natural talent alone will do nothing for you in a marathon
1: did you think you were ever going to come back to the marathon after that
4: Oh my gosh! I didn't want to, but what you know? I get, this goes back to my hater story. Um, I was fat, I was out of shape, and I was in. Um, I was in a wedding party for one of my best friends, Luke Circle. And the day before the wedding, you know, all the guys are seeing each other. You know, everybody's out of college, so we're we're catching up. And everybody's like, "Dude, here, Jason, you're, you're kind of fat." I don't <laughs> know why? But I decided to wear a tight shirt that day, and that just like that just exacerbated it even more. And, like, I'm somebody that can take a joke, and I'm somebody, like, if you you can call me out, and I can handle it. It's not a big deal. I can dish it. I can take it. But, like, I'm really glad my friends called me fat, but at the same time, it pissed me off. But that's what really motivated me to go from being fat for me to getting back into the competitive scene.
0: Man. With friends like these, who needs enemies, you know? It's like, oh, Jesus, none of my friends have ever been like, man, Logan, you're looking pretty fucking peckish today. Like, you know what I mean? Like, You're I, fat, man. Yeah, you're fat, Chunky man. Like, like Jason, I respect that story. And, like, I love the fact that, like, that was your motivation. But, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> What kind of friends are those? I'm sorry, go.
1: <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> holy shit. Uh <laughs> What was the journey getting back to it then like because I mean at this point, like even if you started getting back into it, like you had a habit of like not running during the winter like what changed? like what changed is like was it it was it couldn't have been 345 to two thirty one there had to be a marathon in between yeah. that dude. like yes what? yeah so so
4: okay, so my first year. Um, again, I was a coach and I was a teacher. I, I, I ran in the fall because we had a good team and I, and, and I wasn't the head coach, but I played a pivotal role in designing the training and also uh, pacing the varsity runners, especially our top runner in the workouts, our top runner at the time, I was actually motivated to be better than our top runner. Uh, he was like second or third in state, mid fifteens guy, you know, four ten miler in high school. Um. I I could never touch him with a mile, but I I enjoyed like trying to push him uh, to his potential in the workout. So that second year, again, I, I ran the marathon. I got out of shape. I got back into shape for the sole purpose of trying to help our top runner, try to win a state title individually. But then I decided that I wanted to do a career change and, um, I, I mentioned that my wife went to Ohio State. She's, she's been working in the Columbus area for the last five-plus years. And um, I decided, you know what, if I'm going to make this career change, I need to focus exclusively on the career. So I, I went back. I got a master's degree in something completely different than education. I uh, got an MBA, switched to the business route, accounting world. And, um, but then, I, again, I had, I had a really good high school group of friends uh, we were second at state. Four of them went on to run at the collegiate level. Jason Bruns, Kevin Fink, Tyler Fitzsands, Luke Circle. And like my social circle was comprised mostly 95% of runners. So I, I didn't hang out with other people besides runners. So the only way that I was able to socially interact with my friend group was by running. So I, I give a lot of credit to them and uh, my college teammates as well for getting me back into shape. So what would happen would be the first month or two, I, my focus would just be trying to get back into a normal routine, trying to, to develop that consistency. And if, I, if I'm going to give anybody advice on you know, getting back into running after such a long layoff, the biggest advice that I can give is that first training cycle back, that first three to four months, don't put any pressure on yourself try to have fun with it, but your, your main focus should be, um, developing that consistency and developing those good habits. And it's really that second and that third consecutive training cycle where you're going to see uh, big jumps in improvement. So typically I would have two full training cycles, uh, before I would go back into hibernation mode. So, you know, what kind of times was I running in those years before going into hibernation mode? Um, I would run, I tried a couple more marathons with no success, 60 miles a week with three-week tapers. I, had, I, I experimented a lot with tapers, and I had too long of a taper, but it would be a three-week, really low mileage taper, which was not good. I felt like I lost a lot of fitness. Uh, ran a couple more 250s marathons. I did have a lot of success in the half marathon. I got down to like the 111s um, during those years. I did run a 1510 post collegiate track 5K. Um, but I would say during those five years where I hibernated in the winter, I would run a 111, 112 half marathon, a 250 marathon, and 1530s for the 5K. So good, you know, for my ability level, good, but not great. In time.
1: Yeah. And uh, so coming into, let's fast forward coming into Columbus. Like, how was that cut how was how was things coming into that? What were your goals coming into Columbus? Um you were were you in the elite section for Columbus coming into that?
4: No, I was the top finisher that was a uh, non elite. Oh, ah,
1: I thought yeah. you were part of the elite section. Holy shit.
4: No, actually a funny real quick funny story is right when I finished, um, they tried to take me into the elite tent and then they're like, Oh no, 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 he doesn't have the wristband, he's not elite. Just
1: Put them out there suffers so. <laughs> that's that's total bullshit too because like if you would have been if you would have got top six you wouldn't even even qualify for money because you weren't quote-unquote elite even though you finished top ten I, I really like yeah that's the reason i had to fight my way into the elite section too Damn. like because for me i ran i ran uh, 234 of boston and it wasn't under the elite standard but I, what is the I, only
2: standard for Columbus?
1: 230. Which oh, is, okay. crap, Which is bullshit. For Columbus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Which is bullshit. And so like, I was like, no. like, I And they're, like, they asked me for a halftime, and I'm like, I haven't run a half before. <laughs> I can't give you that. So like, I had to fight my way into Columbus. And like, for a lot of people like that, I've heard the same story. It's like, you're top 10, you're top 15. And it's like, oh, are you in the elite? It's like, no. It's like, what? I thought you were were in the elite section.
4: No, um, I had run two, so after the hibernation, I got back into it, Uh, and and so for 2018, for the entirety of 2018, I ran a total uh, of about 100 miles, so pretty much nothing, I pretty much did (laughs) not run anything in 2018, so in 2019, I finally was at a good point in my career where I felt like I was financially secure, I had a job I liked, I was doing well, and I found that I had a lot more free time. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to just sit around and be a bum. Let's let's get back into this and let's really do it. Um, and, and the main motivating factor for me was when I look at my PRs and my running resume, it, I'm happy with it except there is one glaring weakness. Like my marathon time was terrible compared to my other PRs. I'm not saying it was a terrible time. I'm just saying compared to my other t- – times it was just not commensurate yeah
1: running 71 um, and then running 250s is like just not comparable at all
4: yeah and I didn't I thought to myself you know I don't want to look back and regret it like I'm in the peak of my life I'm in my you know mid to late at this point I'm in my late 20s 29 right now um I gotta just go for it for once and just see what I'm capable of so I uh I started running consistently Uh, I ran a 245 at the Toledo Glass City off of about 50 miles, um, doing workouts as well. And then the second cycle after that, I only bumped up to 60 miles a week, but my workouts were a lot better quality. Um, I had better quality long runs, just more consistency over a longer period of time. So I went from 245 in April down to 231 at Columbus. Wow. And uh, yeah. And you passed me, I, I think, I was I was beating you until the last three miles, and you had a killer last five miles or so, and passed a lot of people. So, kudos to you, Chris. It,
1: it was, uh, yeah, I had no idea. That's a that's a giant, that's a 14-minute PR. That's crazy. That's
2: crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: And even then, like, you didn't fall apart, necessarily, because I looked at your times in the halfway mark. You ran, like, a 74 for that first half. So, it wasn't like you cratered and ran, like, a 70 point and just went, like... Went to it, it, It's the second half of a marathon. Um, my 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 racing plan was to. My coach gave me my racing plan as to do a negative split. So that because I was hurt, that was the only reason that I had such a hard finish on the second half, and I wasn't with everybody. I was going for t- some two thirty. So I was like, that was my racing plan coming into it. But uh, after that, I mean, heck, that's a huge PR. I mean, at that point. You're knocking on the door of 2:30 for, probably for most of that race. Uh, was that the next goal for you coming into April? Because I remember you joined. We ended up finding each other on Let's Run. Actually, uh, I had no like we knew each other a little bit already right after Columbus happened. But like we were posting. There's a there's a sub 2:30 thread on Let's Run for everybody's trying to break 2:30, and uh, we ended up like I'm like. You sound familiar. <laughs> you sound familiar, and it looks like, and we ended up being the same people that were posting. I mean, I've, I've been posting on on threads since I was in high school, like Dice Stat and things like that. So, like, it was it was cool to see somebody else that was following that. But were you was was right after you finished that? Was that the next call And was too, and talking yes, to coming into April. Sorry,
4: it sounds like the audio is cutting out. Can you guys
1: hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you.
4: Okay. Yes. Um, to be frank, I was at, after that, I I was, I was on a runner's high and I became obsessed, absolutely obsessed with trying to break that 230 standard. Um, just for some perspective, um, there's a website, I think it's worldathletics.org that, um, this essentially compiles all the data from all the major and mid major marathons, actually all all races from a hundred meters to the marathon, even the field events. And if you filter those results for Americans, for men, um, and for the marathon, in the year of 2019, there were fewer than 500 American males that broke 230. So it's, I, I consider breaking 230, um, kind of breaking into that sub-elite category. Uh, Chris just mentioned that you have to run under 230 to get that elite status for Columbus. And so I became obsessed with that goal. Can
1: you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's the uh, it's the amateur glory thread. That, that, that's actually the name of that thread on Let's Run. Is the amateur glory thread, um, but yeah, it, it. You also had a very different type of approach to training than I've ever seen, because Keen mentioned it on one of the podcasts beforehand, for her, and it was you her doing a lot of treadmill training. Yeah, you did a ton of treadmill training. This over fifty percent. Why?
2: Why did you do so much? Was it because of the winter? Because you don't like the winter?
4: Yeah. So I mean, one, I hate the winter, and I'll be honest. Like, I run so much better. I get so excited when I run with people that for many solo outdoors runs, I. For many of those runs, it feels like a chore. Now, I've gotten away from that where I, I'm enjoying running more, but after all of those years of having high expectations, sometimes putting one foot in front of the other just by yourself, it felt like a chore. So I felt like running on the treadmill held me accountable. And I felt like, honestly, I was able to. And this is just a personal opinion. I'm not, you know, you can develop mental toughness running outside in the cold weather, but you can also develop mental toughness just staring at a wall. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like I could get quality sessions in where I wasn't like slipping on ice. You know, I was able to run a consistent pace and not having to stop at traffic lights.
2: So, you did and, like workouts so, on the treadmill. And did you did, I say that again? You did workouts then on the treadmill, like quality sessions. And did you do your easy runs outside sometimes?
4: Yeah, I would say I would run on the treadmill four days a week and maybe three days outside. Now, what I would always try to run my long run outside with with friends, with uh, training partners. Okay. Um, so it was mostly my easy runs, but I did two workouts a week, like a, like a four five, six mile lactate threshold tempo run, um, where I was running close to about half marathon pace. So those types of workouts I would do on the treadmill. It, it was just so easy just to lock into a, a pace.
1: Yeah. And that was one thing that the one thing about Strava is you ever see everybody what they're doing. And so to see that, I was like, Whoa, like, all this stuff, and well, I did a lot of my training, I think I did about 60% of my training last year, uh, at, coming into Boston was actually on the treadmill, because <laughs> uh, that's the only time I could do it, uh, but, yeah, to see that, I was like, let's see how this goes, uh, now, me and you, and I think a lot of us were looking at, tr- looking at potential races, uh, once everything started getting canceled, at what point did you decide, hey, Fuck it, I'm going to do a time trial on my own.
4: So a a quick story about that training cycle is, so after the 231, again, I was on that runner's high, became obsessed with breaking 230. I was living, you know, I still live in Columbus. Um, You know, I I had to run with the Columbus Running Company. Uh, You know, those are great guys. You know, I have run with you, Chris. You got a good group. Yeah. Um, But it was just, I just felt like it was difficult to develop consistent training partners in Columbus with everybody having a different, you know, schedules and not, you know not knowing a lot of people and not being able to run at times that were convenient for me. Mm-hmm. So I just ended up establishing my own elite training group from where I'm from in Dayton. Again, I had really talented high school teammates. Uh, so I have a lot of uh, connections in the Dayton area and I have what's called uh, the Dayton distance project. And we have about 20 runners that are in this club all all twenty runners twenty actually it's probably we've probably had thirty different people at, at at one point show up for a run and I would say all thirty people have qualified to the Boston Marathon so a very elite um, group of runners. And I heard- so I would drive from Columbus to Dayton twice a week and I met a lot of people um, that are really that I became really good friends with and um, it was training with that group and training on the treadmill that. Allowed me to get into um, into really good shape. So right. then, obviously, so I ran a um, I ran a half marathon PR at the end of February. It was the same weekend as uh, the trials. Uh, we I went on a road trip with four other guys from the Dayton Distance Project. We went down to South Carolina and ran the Prisma Half Marathon as a certified course, uh, but it did have a net downhill. And I love this. I won't elaborate on it, but my Chip time
1: was
0: sixty eight fifty eight, but I love the fact that my gun time was sixty nine flat. Wow! Sixty nine. Six. Nice. Six. nice.
1: Nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I hate this group nice. so much. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought the that the that your, uh, your didn't group was like a group that would ever be established beforehand. That's actually pretty cool. That's a completely new group and. It's a, it's a really cool to see like the grassroots kind of running scene and how uh, like really that's a big thing for people. It's like how easy like as long as you have a good group of people like like you can bring people together. It's like you have people that are like willing to come together. Like just say hey let's get let's get together and let's keep doing this. Let's keep the ball rolling. That's awesome to see that. Um, as far as kind of just like kind of just wrapping this real quick. So kind of just going into it and just kind of wrapping this all up. Um, coming into that time trial, um, that's, I mean, during this, this and something that I've mentioned multiple times in, in the podcast is, this is the most solitary time you're ever going to experience in your running career. Like for most people, like this will probably be the most solitary time forcefully that you have to have. Um, that motivation to get through it to get to that buildup and to get to your peak race? Cause we haven't even said what you ran, like how was that net going into that and how was actually accomplishing the goal that you wanted? Um, talk about that. Yeah. So
4: I had run that half marathon PR and then, you know, we've all gone and plugged in our half marathon PR into those race conversion calculators and, said that i was capable of running in the mid 220s and 225 227 somewhere in there and i was in too good of shape just to just to call it quits and and go into a a new training cycle now i've taken this um coronavirus you know very seriously Um, i work from home five days a week um and the people you know, during that time there were two other individuals that I would run with. And I know some people look down on that and that's fine. I'm not going to critique anyone's opinion, but I knew that those two individuals were taking, um, everything seriously as well. So, you know, they were isolating, they were staying at home. They had, they had kids and they just weren't being dumb. So I felt like it was safe for me to run with two people that were trying to be safe as well. Um, so we continued. The three of us, we continued to do high level, high quality workouts. We did a twenty mile, we did a twenty three mile run with twenty miles at five fifty pace. We did a sixteen, we did another twenty mile run with sixteen miles at five thirty one pace. So you know, super intense workouts. Um, and then I did some other solo workouts, but it was another buddy that was like, "Dude, we gotta, we gotta just." We're in too good a shape to let this go to waste. we got to throw something together. So luckily, my, fr- uh, my friend and training partner, Jeremy Wysocki, has some connections with a Dayton running store called Runners Plus. Mm. And there were, there were about five Runners Plus people willing to help us run a marathon time trial. There were three bikers. Um, and we, we ran this time trial on a bike path. We ran at just GPS watch. I ended up, I did run twenty six point three miles just to make it a little more legitimate. Um, we had three bikers, and they would stop traffic for us. They would, you know, they would drive up to the intersection and make sure that um, no cars were coming by. They did wear gloves. Uh, they did handle our our gels. They handled our water, and we had two uh, running pacers. They played music. They provided encouragement. And Are you guys taking notes? With, we have
3: some Sorry, go ahead. I, I asked them if they were taking notes because I'm doing Grandma's marathon in like three weeks, and all these things sound amazing. This so. is
1: awesome. I actually I didn't know this the the extent of which they went. This That's is very great. cool. Yeah, excited yeah. to do music for. Gene yeah. actually, he, Where you no, can play broccoli he, every ten uh, you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. off of me. No, keep keep going because this is this is awesome. What I had no idea of how much they uh, how much went through it. That's cool.
4: Yeah, so it, it was well organized. It was um, it was a double out and back, which doesn't sound very exciting, but um, it was a, just out, six and a half or so, back, and then another out and back. Uh, my wife made signs for me. Uh, my dad was there to bring me on, take good videos. Uh, so I ran with my training partner, who was also in sub-230 shape. Our goal, our, 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 our pacing strategy was to run an, – and. We probably should not have come up with this pacing strategy, but our goal was to run a slight positive split. You always hear about people running negative splits. Probably we should have done, but we wanted to run 114 through the half, and then that would allow us to run a 115 high to just creep right under 230. That did not go according to plan. My other training partner, Jeremy, ran way too fast. I told him several times to slow down. We came through the half at a one thirteen, a low one thirteen. I want to say one thirteen ten, one thirteen twenty, somewhere in there. Oh, it's
1: hot. That's hot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
4: yeah. But I was feeling great, and I, I was I was jamming to the vibes. You know, we had music. We had a guy bring his Bluetooth, and it felt like a race atmosphere. And you know, obviously, I could have run faster in a real race, but I don't think I could have run significantly faster. There was definitely a time saving component. With having somebody there just to hand me my gel and hands me my water. I didn't have to stop for water. I didn't have to stop for a gel. They were there for me. So that was that was a big help. Um, you were like, I like really like them shortly after the half. And I was yes. running on my own, except for the bikers.
1: And Keen and, well, Dan, you, uh, you Kane, you had something to say?
3: Oh, I was gonna say you were like really, really inspiring me not to just throw my marathon like out the window. I'm kind of thinking
1: the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! All right, you give
3: it. I'm like super amped right now. Like your experience sounds amazing. Like
0: uh, I just like
3: I'm like maybe I should just go out and see what I can hold. And if it's hot, like, fuck it, man. Just like go for it.
0: Let's
3: do it. Let's do it. I'm
1: scared. So you're. I'm
3: right next to you. Damn it, Jason Derulo.
1: (laughs) Jason Derulo. <laughs> so, you coming to the second half of this. Uh, how how you, how you feeling then? I'm amped. I ran
4: 113. I feel fresh and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to continue uh, tackling the second half of this race. I pulled away from my training partner shortly after the half and uh, just he, he wasn't able to stay with me at that point. Um, but the biker, they essentially split up the bikers. So, a couple bikers stayed with me and then one of the bikers went back um, for him. And then there was also another runner, a pacer runner that jumped in and stayed back with him. So in regards to running, I was running by myself with bikers. Now with six miles to go, my training partner and friend um Gorong Madu jumped in and um I was still clicking off uh you know mid five thirties. And I at this point at this point the bikers were just playing whatever was on their playlist, but at mile twenty I started requesting specific songs that were going to get me amped. Yeah, point And um, <laughs> he was on there to encourage me. And he also um, he also requested some high-energy songs that, that got me going. I ran a really stupid mile at t- mile 22. I'd have to go back and look at my Strava. But I was clicking off mid-530s, and then my, my song came on. And, I, and I, I don't think I'm lying. You can go back and double check this job. I think I ran a 5.15 on mile 22. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> mad. I had no business running the 5.15 there. I had no business doing that. And then uh, the last four miles were a struggle. The last two miles, I started, when you get down to about a 5K to go, you start doing the math in your head. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, unfortunately, I got into that mindset where I was like, I'm well ahead of schedule for running sub-230. Like, I could just jog it in and run a sub-230. I thought about doing that because that was my goal. But, you know, the biker and Garong was like, you got to see how far under 230 you can go. But my my last two miles were slow. They were, for me, they were uh, above. They were just over six-minute pace. And then um, I ended up finishing 26.3 miles. And two twenty seven fifty five for an unofficial uh, PR.
2: Woo yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Well,
1: thank you. Yeah, that's, that's Yeah, that problem. was I would say and reason a lot of the reason why we had you on today was that in a time period where people were just it's a lot of craziness happening. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people aren't able to like Are not motivated. A lot of people have been having issues just trying to stay motivated. Even people having races that they were even planning to do. Like I'll say this, man. Like seeing that like was really inspiring. Like that was fucking awesome to see. And I think for a lot of people, one of those threads too was like, fuck. Like we're seeing people still hammer it down and say, you know what, hey. These races may be canceled, but we can still go out and get this done. And regardless of its of its "quote unquote" official or not, like that deep under, like that's 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 work. That's 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 impressive. Yeah. And to and 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 even to say, like you don't have a big crowd around you, you don't have a big crowd around you, like cheering you on, and, and or people you're chasing, yeah, like, yeah. Because that's the one thing, like with Columbus. Seeing people that I was running down that pumped me up. Like, but well, all and, you
2: have is a bike. Yeah, and and yourself,
1: and tears, and tears, it's, and it's, and, tears. <laughs> and, it, and it's it's really that's that's a lot of it. it's like to get through that. It, it's it's y- no matter, and it's I think it's the human spirit. I think that's really a a testament to the human spirit is regardless of what anything that goes on around us, it's like we, people still find a way to chase goals, whether it's quote unquote official or not. Like, yeah, it's still like to be able to like develop a 26.2, 26.3 mile path and make sure that there's no stopping. That's a lot of logistics involved Yeah, and making sure that's all happening. Like that's a testament to the human spirit. And that's absolutely fantastic. And it's something that like, when I saw that, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Well, that's fucking go. That's that's something that like, all right, I want to get back to training again. I want to get back to it. Let's get let's get this going.
2: Even hearing that, even even for us sitting here listening to you retell the story of it, we're all like, "Yeah, let's do let's let's some goals, man." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm like,
3: you. I'm reevaluating everything because for me, I was like. Why would I race a marathon like for what? It doesn't like mean anything. It's not a real PR and like But it's
2: a PR your in your heart. Your story yeah. is yeah. just
3: like so inspiring. It's just like so different. It's like you went out there and pushed when there was nobody out there cheering for you and there was nobody racing against you. Like it was literally your body and your mind racing against a goal that you had and like now I want to fucking race my marathon. I mean, I
2: mean, you go from a Boston qualifier to a two forty five marathoner, to I mean, oh, to a three forty five marathoner, to a two forty five marathoner, <laughs> down to two thirty one, and then you break two thirty with no one else around you, no one cheering your ass off, <laughs> no Wellesley girls to kiss. Like, you, you, that's that's nuts. That's and amazing. It, that's the most outrageous and,
1: part. And and, he, it's and and it's kind of a, a very different kind of mindset too, because your your talk is all about competition and. The only thing you're competing against is yourself. That's a very, very different thing. And, like, I, I, it's, yeah, I, I, I struggle to come to terms with it because it's like, that's to see where that comes from. And, and even then, it's like, it makes me excited to race it and it makes me excited to try to figure out where, where, where we can push like I guess the human spirit and the human body going forward for any of us. Um, and even with that said, I mean, w- there's something, there's a there's tough conversation that comes into this and to kind of finish this off as well. Um, you told me in, when we were texting, this is not something that you want to do for that you don't want to compete for much longer. This is the tail end of your career. from what you said. You have one, two more years of this left. Um, you've already put that on, on there. Uh, for a lot of the people we've talked about it's all the same. a lot of them they want to compete as much as they can. Um, what's left? What's left and uh, are you and then another in another side question, are you ever gonna make that trip back to Boston? Yeah that would be great
4: when it, to, uh, to run the 345 of Boston and then you know run the PR of Boston the next time. Uh, real quick, before I answer that question, um, I do really appreciate all those uh, kind words from all you guys. It, it really means a lot. It's cool to hear that you guys you know get excited just hearing the story. Um, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, so yes, um, I there there's different types of runners. There's different types of motivations. And, and, and Chris, you said that you were impressed that I had been so competitive and. You you could argue that maybe I was extrinsically motivated at times to, to I was fueled by beating others and then you know this marathon I was fueled more intrinsically by getting the most out of my ability you know with that cycle I've always there's all there's going to be runners that are lifelong runners that are they're going to continue to have that passion their whole lives they're going to enjoy being a master's runner they're going to enjoy traveling the world which i, I still plan on traveling the world but they're going to enjoy traveling to different races and different states and with friends and family but i've always been of the mindset and, and my friends give me crap about this all the time i'm kind of like a michael jordan or a brett far when it comes to retirement i've said i'm going to quit running like three four five times and then i get out of hibernation mode and i get back into it and i get in pretty good shape but it, this is what it comes down to Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is I'm either all in or I'm not in. And I'm and so uh, my goal these next couple of years is to get every last ounce out of myself. I want to fully reach my true potential. And I think my true potential is well the, the next goal, the next marathon that I run, whatever that is, I want to run under 225, and I want to see how close. I want to see how far under 225 I can reach. I don't think it's realistic. And I I know people say, you know, dream big, but I'm also a realist. I don't think I'm capable of qualifying to the trials. I think I'm capable of getting close, but I think I'm so close to my potentials of 225 that once I reach it, I will feel satisfied. And I've been running – with these high expectations and running has been my identity since seventh grade. My identity has been a runner, strong academic student and leader, but mostly my identity has been runner. People know me as the runner. And I love that. I love her. I'll always have a passion for running. I'll always follow the support. I'll always go to races and, and cheer them on or maybe compete in them at a leisurely pace. But I don't want to get to the point where like I don't think it's going to be fun for me once I'm past my prime. I'm too competitive to go out there and run two minutes slower than my college PR, and so I want to channel that competitive that competitiveness to a different area. Like I've been scrawny and weak my whole life because I've been a runner. Well, I want to I want to become the next uh, Ryan Hall and go from competitive marathoner to bodybuilder. I want to get <laughs> good at golf. I want to get good at other. I want to be competitive in other
1: events and other sports. I want to do something. I want to be known as somebody besides just a runner. And and that's and, and that's admirable. I mean, that's something that I I think I got at my as a junior in college. Uh, so I think it's the reason why a lot of my training it's it's not so much. Um, that's my lifestyle is not all dead into running <laughs> it's a lot of social and drinking and different things like that um i think for a lot of people that's a tough thing is just kind of getting out of that and uh i don't think we hear that perspective what
4: like you have to, have to miss out on a lot of things like yeah. hey i'm not going to be able to go to this because i got to get this workout in or i got to get this long run in and especially me where i do a lot of my high quality training with people in dayton know, I drive over an hour to get to get to Dayton. I do my yeah. workout in Dayton or my long run in Dayton and then I drive an hour back. So, you know, that's time away from my family, that's time away from my from my wife. Um, and I, you know, I enjoy the pressure, I enjoy the high levels of expectation. But I, I have goals, I wanna meet those goals, and once I meet those goals, I will feel like I've reached my potential and there's nothing left for me to do with running.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's a perspective that not many people see, especially for people that have been running competitively for such a long time. At a certain point, it's like, it's not, I mean, we're still going to be in love with the sport. Uh, but even some friends here, it's it's like, we got we got a couple years left and I'm done. With Josh, one of my best friends here is, he, he retired about a year ago. And it's like, I still love the sport. I still love following it. But uh, I think I'm done. I think I'm done competing competitively. And it's not, and it's, and it's still going to be part of the lifestyle, but it's never going to be at that level again. Cause it's, it, and so what we all had fun and we all had a fun time doing it. But, I feel uh, like
4: it, this is such a nippy downer topic because you guys were so amped and inspired when I yeah. was <laughs> talking marathon. Carathon. now no, no, I know.
0: We're inspired <laughs> to retire I now. must mostly <laughs> just, uh, I don't know, man. It makes me sad. Because like I'm so new to running, you know what I mean. But like thinking about it ending already, like
1: oh, well, you have time. It's it's I, same, it's the same topic why? of conversation that we had with Colin. Because with Colin, Colin's so with Colin. I mean, you listen to the Colin podcast with him. We've been running since he was like as a kid. Yeah. And his his topic saying like or his like commentary saying like you're in the funnest part of your life of running mm-hmm. because for him it was like he ran 850 or I think 849 the two miles and like 1340 in college and he and he like he said he, he probably won't ever run that fast he won't run 752 in 3k again and uh you're in the funnest part of this like it's a long journey and you don't you don't peak especially if you haven't been running that long this is all a new a new thing for you it's just a fun time period
0: I'm just scared. Have all. a good saying.
2: time, man. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. have a
0: good time. I'm just. I, I don't cry because it's over. Smile because it's happened. Okay, but like. It's
2: the friends you made along the way. Yeah, and are, I we can,
0: gonna, are we gonna sing torn? We can yes, sing we wrong.
2: are gonna sing I torn. No, I'm thing. just. I can't I'm just scared.
0: That that's uh, all I mean. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I don't want it to end yet. So let's. Uh, and let's no, you, you you're quote, new. Look, Larry's
2: quote. Coming to a suburban mom's wall near you. There's
0: two points I'd like to make. Number one, Jason, during this podcast, twice you mentioned the fact that you were going to be frank. How could you be frank if you were Jason? Number two. Fuck oh, uh, off. <laughs> number two. I would like to throw in that um, during the 2:30 marathon talk, I, I know that everybody else had said their motivational thing. We were all very excited for you uh, from this point forward. I will no longer call you Jason Dorillo, You are now racing Dorillo. So go ahead.
2: <laughs> I have one more really important question before we let you go. If you could be any superhero, who would you be?
4: Whoa, my gosh. You guys should have like texted me that. No, morning. no, we're not. No, we're you have not. to be on the okay. spot. Okay. Um, I, I will admit that I have watched the um, the Flash series, and that goes along pretty well with running. so, right. so, so good. Honestly, it's I'm a Harry Potter nerd. It, can I say Harry Potter's a superhero? Yes!
2: That's not a superhero. Yes! It is No, it is, no, is no it is not you a superhero. That is not a superhero. Canceled. Larry is canceled. Listen. Harry Potter
0: wizard is not a superhero. He's got a wand. He also dies, by the way. Dumbledore sets him he up. doesn't
2: die. Dumbledore
0: sets him up.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. He literally never dies. That's
0: right. okay, Fuck wait. off. But Fuck. all I'm saying is like, <laughs> Harry Potter. Well,
3: Ray's getting ready for bed.
0: He's not a, a fucking superhero. That's like being like, oh, by no. the way, the girl from the Hunger Games is a super. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, my sorry. God. Jason.
1: I'm have, sorry. Can you go she, on does do she, me? Does she have superhuman... Powers? Does no. Harry Potter? know? Yeah, yes, he, he does. He you? I mean, did you miss the whole thing when he was eleven and Hagrid went up to him I'm like, "You're a wizard, Harry," yes. and you're <laughs> a Harry wizard. That's all. all right, all right, all right,
2: all right, all right.
1: I got, I got a follow up question. I got a follow up question. I'm sorry, guys. I am sorry to all three of you guys. How many shirts? Well,
4: what kind of shirts are we talking
1: about? All shirts. shirts 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 okay
4: my wife makes fun of me for this i own so many shirts because i i still have i told you guys i stopped growing in seventh grade so my seventh grade cross country 2005 t-shirts
5: still <laughs> yes there.
4: i got them i got all of them hell yeah uh, I, I have gone through a lot of different wardrobe style changes
1: do we got um, a number do we got a number on these shirts
4: Every six months, I have to buy
1: more hangers. I got 150 shirts. We got more shirts Whoa, than everybody. That's 100. a lot of shirts. That is a new. We're ranking this up. Look, yeah.
2: look. I'm saying your your two your sub two thirty was awesome, but the the level of shirts.
1: The shirts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My man could change his shirt every mile if he wanted to. <laughs> crappy shirt
0: to be honest like, you
2: could, but you, you could be work. an ultra, mara- ultra shirt marathoner <laughs> that
0: is true that is true or you could wear all of his shirts and win the Guinness Book of World Records for the amount of shirts worn
2: look I'm just saying you could do a workout every month and like change your shirt every rep and it would be okay
1: that is fair that is fair is yeah. Harry Potter but a superhero you need to I <laughs> okay <laughs> one 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 because we haven't put this in yet yeah. fuck you Larry alright 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 uh, <laughs> No, we. This is this is a lot of fun. Wait,
2: can you say that again,
1: louder? Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me put the speaker right next to the uh, the mic. Can you say that one more time slowly? Uh,
4: I don't mean this personally, Larry. But fuck you, JK Rowling.
1: Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we need to get this cleared out before uh, we get our, before I get arrested for for being about it's right. uh, contact, yeah. the conflict, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we appreciate you being on the podcast this week. Uh, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? So I am a Strava noob,
4: but they can follow me on Strava. And I am not big on social media. I do creep on people on Facebook, and that's it. And Snapchat. So they can follow me. Just follow me on
1: Strava. Cool. And I,
4: I'll, I'll put out some uh, paragraph descriptions of
1: my of my runs awesome and i'll put the i'll put your strava name on uh strava link on the show notes January. as well um, yes i think and larry where can they find you you can find me
0: on strava and instagram at fadley that's f-s-m-frank a-d-e-l-e-y just look me up there i'm also on twitter and you can reach my email at questions the number four larry at gmail.com uh please don't send me angry emails about the weather i have no control over that whether or not chris tells you that i do I am not God. Yet. Nicole.
1: Nicole.
2: Hi, I am Nicole the runner, uh, a firm believer in Harry Potter, the superhero. And you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I recently changed my Twitter to be more personal um, because I post a lot of ridiculous shit like politics. Um, But I think more importantly, where you can find Theo is all things Theo with the last O being a zero. Um, He is much more important than me.
0: Yes, I really missed it in the Avengers Endgame when fucking Harry Potter showed up to save the day. Look,
2: I'm just saying Harry Potter could have saved Tony Stark, man. No, he could Oh, he
0: wow, that's a big spoiler. Right? could have.
2: Look, I don't give a shit. It, I'm sorry, guys. Spoiler alert, but Harry Potter could save. Jesus, just
0: throw that out there, huh? Go ahead, Nicole. Yeah. Or Keen. Sorry. Keen first. Uh,
2: you
3: can find me at Keen underscore for a run on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Strava at Katie Keenan. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, you can also rock this car. It's like Fadely underscore. No, nah, it's just Fadley. Yeah, yeah if,
0: just throw a big rock You, at you know, if you do <laughs> see me driving around Columbus and you see uh, Fadley, it, it's, licensed by it's a licensed type of black Kia. It's a Forte Coupe. Really nice car. I like it. Um, but, yeah, if you do see, please don't throw rocks at me. I've actually asked people not to throw rocks at me anymore because I, I did get, get rocked recently, and I had to replace all the windows <laughs> in my car, every one of them. There were five of them.
1: Very
2: expensive. <laughs> Would you say you are a rock star? No, I wouldn't. <laughs>
1: Chris, can you get a- And you can follow me on uh Instagram uh at Beer Smiles, you can follow me at beer smiles on Twitter, PierceMiles.com. Uh if you want to uh go to war with me, you can uh it's fine. add me, add me, <laughs> add me on uh add me on Warzone XC uh, that is Xbox One, so if you want to add me, Xbox One. Maybe we
0: should start a Patreon where, like, our Patreon subscribers can play Warzone
1: with us. <laughs> oh, my oh well, they can hear me play, they can hear me play uh, Fergie Glamour drop as in. I drop in. Yeah. F A B. Stop. Uh, and, yeah, I didn't get that last blog post out. I'm sorry, I was drunk. Um, but uh, Larry actually has a hat from uh, the last guest. He got the hat hat.
0: I did buy that. Brent, hat. Brent, he got that hat. I hat. was extremely intoxicated. It was $34. Was it worth it? Yes, yes it was. Absolutely. As it's a it was. great hat. Yeah.
1: That's a great hat. But yeah, uh, yeah, you can add me on there. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us a uh, five star comment. Five stars. Nice comments. Uh, you don't share, have to. Share, no, fuck you. <laughs> share it around. Share it around. We appreciate it. Somebody loves a three star review. Um, I can't look at that review. I can't fight that person. I can't do it. And even if I Larry could fight did. them, it would be January 1st. So. Yeah, January 1st, too. Start lining that up. If you need to line up your uh, line up your fights, line them up on questions number four, Larry at gmail.com. And uh, this time, Larry is not going to pee his pants. So uh, we what had a successful stock? podcast. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Jason. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys when I guess we'll see you. <laughs>